I have been uh, speaking uh, on uh, a series that I titled Questions. Just questions. We Christians, we have a lot of questions. You know, in our minds, why this and why is this not happening this way? Why do we have to go through this? Uh, the first question we addressed that was last Sunday was why creation? Why did God create the universe? Why are we here? So we talked about that. And then this last Wednesday, uh, we had another question discussed. And that had to do with why do we even have to pray? God already knows what we need. Why should we pray? I mean, why does God need us to pray? He is God Almighty. He can do whatever He wants. So why is He requiring us to pray? So we dealt with that uh, this past Wednesday night. If you were not here, check the uh, internet and you can go back and listen to that message. God truly needs us to pray. He cannot do a whole lot here except somebody is praying. Not much. He's reserved judgment and blessings to himself, but somebody has to pray, God, pray to God to stop him from giving out judgment, and somebody has to pray to bring the blessing of God into our lives. Today, I want to address another question. Why should we go through trials and temptations and tests? Why should we have to go through that? Uh, I thought God is love. If God is love and we are the children of God, why is He allowing these difficult times to come to us? Why do we have to go through all these tough times? Uh, why do we have nasty things happening to us and our family? And we pray sometimes and it seems like God is not answering. It seems like God is so far when we are going through tough times, that's the way our minds read, our minds read it. it. Where is God? It seems so far. So we're crying out to Him, but it seems like He's not hearing. Why do we have to go through trials, temptations that seem to have the potential of drawing us away from God? Why is God allowing that? He's trying to make us sin, and if we sin, then He removes us from God. Why will God allow things like this to happen to us? And that's the question uh, we want to uh, address this morning. Father, we thank you for your spirit. We ask that you give us wisdom and understanding of your word today. Minister to us, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. I will not attempt to tell you this morning uh, that I have all the answers, and I'm going to give them to you right now. I really don't know uh, why, fully why, why God allows all of these things to happen, uh, especially to his children. We go through tough times, and some of them we really don't know on this side of heaven why, why we're going through them, or why we have to go through them. Uh, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God. The things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. So there are certain things that will happen in your life and in my life. On this side of heaven, no matter how hard you try, you'll never find out the reason or the answer for why it happened. 
There's no reason, you know, for a young child that you, God, you believe God gave to you, uh, him with some kind of disease. You have no answer. You, he, it may be genetic, but some of it doesn't make sense. So we can't know why that happens here on earth. But when we get there, I suppose God will make that clear. But there are answers in the scriptures also that tells us why we go through certain difficulties. And we want to explore those uh, this morning. We want to look at them so that we'll know how, what God is doing in our lives and what he wants to accomplish in us. The first answer that I have for that is that God wants us to trust his word. Just to trust his word. He wants you to trust his word. God and his word are one and the same. The trials are there to help you to trust God's word. Remember what happened to the Lord Jesus when he went through trials and temptation. Especially the temptation in the wilderness. The way he replied to the temptation was, it is written. Choose the word of God. God wants us to trust his word. If you look in, uh, in this scripture, John chapter 16, verse 33, the Bible tells us this. These things I have spoken to you. So God is giving you his word. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. So my words to you is to help you have peace in him. Not outside of him, but in him. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Then he tells you this. In the world, as long as you live in the world, in the world you will. No doubt about it. Just because you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't exempt you from troubles. He said, in the world you will experience tribulation. You will. But then he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The world will present you at every turn with tribulation, problems, troubles that you have no answer to. God said this is going to happen to us. In the world you will have troubles. You can imagine Jesus saying to you, Hey Josh, you are going to have a lot of trouble, but I want you to rejoice about it. Be of good cheer. Amen? Uh, That's kind of crazy to hear. You're going to have a lot of trouble, but be happy. Just be happy about it. It doesn't make sense. But what God is saying, we're saying that today, what God is saying, when you go through troubles, you don't need to be down. Be of good cheer. There is a purpose for it. He's training you. He's training you to be able to trust His Word. Because you're going to have more trouble. And if He allows the trouble to come to you, He trusts that you can handle it. He has faith in you. Just like he did with Job. Have you seen my servant? The purpose was to give him trouble. The whole story was to give Job trouble. But God God was proud. The end result was Job was promoted. So he says, in me, these things I have spoken to you. 
My words will give you peace in the presence of trouble. That's what he's saying. Hang on to my words. That's all you need when you're going through trouble. Because I have overcome the world. No matter what the enemy can throw at you, God is saying, I, have, I saw it before it came and I dealt with it. Be of good cheer. Don't worry about it. Amen. You're going through trouble today. And it's bugging you. It's a real trouble to your life. You don't understand it. Jesus says, be happy. That's where your deliverance is. Be happy. And then, after you've been happy, lash on to his word. Amen. Find a promise against what you're going through. Stand with that promise. Begin to say to yourself, it is written. God has said it. God cannot lie. No matter what's going on, God has a way for me. This is going to turn out for my promotion. That's what you should say. You know, when God wants to humble a man, He allows him to suffer hunger. Want. God is an expert in doing that. You know why? He loves us. And he knows as you begin to do things on your own and things are going well before long, you think you're the one doing it. You think you're just a good, such a good preacher. I got all this stuff together. I want to hold seminars and I want to teach them. You think it's you. Then before long, he takes the button mount. Not because he wants to hurt you, because he knows with pride you are going to hurt yourself. So he allows you to go through a little bit of humbling. Maybe the money is not coming into the ministry as it used to come in more, you know, and you begin to wonder what's going on. Before you don't spend as much time, you used to spend as much much time preparing, but now there's no time to pray anymore. You know it all. I can just go to the Holy Ghost is on mine. So you don't spend time with the Lord, and so you go and great things happen. And God is saying, I need your fellowship, I need you to go back to your first love. What is going on? I'm going to humble you. He begins to bring the difficulties. So God said in his word, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3, he says, so he humbled you. How? Allowed you to hunger. And fed you with manna. What that is saying, when you're going through that humbling process, if you decide to humble yourself, the temptation, the trial will not hurt you. Because God in that trial will give you a miracle. He says, he fed you with manna which you did not know. That was a miracle. You never, you never knew manna before. What is this? That's what they said. Nor did your fathers know what manna is. That he might make you. This is the purpose. That he might make you to know that man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. As long as you are not trusting God's word, he's going to let you suffer. So you go back to the word. You can call everybody. They pray with you. But when that time comes, God says, you're no longer a baby. You need to come off diapers. I need you to trust my word. From then on, trouble won't lay right and left 
until you begin to trust his word. So trials come possibly the first reason is because God wants you to trust him, his word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So trust me, I'll take care of you. Jesus said, your heavenly father knows that you have need of these things. So that's the first reason. I will give five this morning by the grace of God. And then the next thing is, he may be trying to get your attention. Rape the guy that's sitting or the lady that's sitting by you. Is he trying to get your attention? (laughs) He may just be trying to get your attention. Can you imagine having kids, you know, you, you put, you're in school, maybe in high school, they come back, I know of my kids, they come back from school, and they get in their house, they don't say any word to you, go back up to their room and, and begin to play video games. They get their food and they eat, and they make their own stuff, they go back and they're doing your stuff, they don't even mind you, no good afternoon, no good morning, no nothing. And if they do well, they say, hi, daddy. They're gone. <sighs> and your daddy, you say, hmm. Hey, what's happening here? I'm your daddy. No love anymore. You're doing your own stuff. I just love my video game. That's what some of us do to the Lord. We have no time. We're so busy. And we assume that God understands. But God is saying, hey, son. Hey. I need you. And you're not listening. I'm busy, God. I'm busy. I know you understand. I know you understand. You used to spend time with, your, with the Bible, reading the scriptures, but you're not doing it anymore. And so God is beginning to try to get your attention. And before long, He gets your attention. The only reason He's doing it is because He loves you. And He wants the best for you. And when he's through, this is what happens. Uh, here, Angela, correct me with that again. Hosea <laughs> chapter 6 verse 1. He says, come and let us return to the Lord. For he has turned, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. That's what God does. He's not intentionally trying to hurt you. He wants you to come back. And if you know who he is and his person, when you come back, immediately he'll heal you. You remember the story of the prodigal son? It was his suffering in the foreign land that he was in that made him to think, I got to go back to my daddy. I got to go back to my daddy. I will apologize to him. But the daddy didn't even listen to his apology. He said, give him a new robe. Give him some new shoes for him, for him, for his feet. Let's kill the fatted cow. God just needs your attention. Tell the person that's sitting by you, he's got my attention. Okay, so let's go back. Amen. The third reason is because he loves you. He loves you. He wants you whole. He wants you healed. He wants you to have abundance in life. 
But primarily, he wants you to know what you are up against in your life. You see, sometimes we come to the Lord and there are still things in us that he wants out of our lives. Attitudes that he wants out. And as long as there is no trouble, we don't even realize we have those. I have been there. Believe me, I have been there. Something happens and you react. And you're reacting. Even while you're reacting, you know I shouldn't react this way. You understand what I'm saying? Am I the only sinner in this place? No, kid. <laughs> you're doing it, you're acting, but you know you shouldn't, but you can't even help yourself. You know, when you squeeze the tube of the toothpaste, yeah? what comes out? The toothpaste. So when God squeezes you, you know what's coming out, and you can see it. And you say, oh, I don't like that. I didn't know that that was in me. Now he's got your attention. I got a deal. I've been there. I said, God, hey, I thought I was sanctified. What happened here? Why am I reacting this way? Because if that doesn't go out of my life, I will never be like my Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are not like Jesus, if the character of Christ has not been formed in you, you your life will never be relevant on the earth. So for, for love for you, and because He wants to make you, He begins to allow things into your life, and you go through one, and you overcome that, and all of a sudden something else surfaces. And you react, and then suddenly you realize, hey, I still got this problem here. You see, some Christians don't, they don't know how to deal with that. They become so alarmed. And they, they, they feel with guilt and they don't know what to do. And sometimes they want to push God away because he's uncomfortable. And the more you do that, the longer you stay in the wilderness. Because you got to deal with it. God is not going to quit. He loves you too much to quit. So he keeps allowing the trial. Until you change your behavior in this area. And then he moves to something else. Amen. Just because he loves you. And every time he brings these trials, his love will never permit him to allow you to be tempted above what you are able. He doesn't never allow that. Never. He will only allow what, what you can handle. And if you are not willing to handle it, it's not because you cannot handle it, because God is already know, He knows that you can handle it. You just refuse to handle it. So, you go another trip through the wilderness. Back again. And he brings it back. Until you decide, okay, I'll handle it. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Don't you say, oh, why me? It's not just you. Others have been through it. What you're going through, others have been there before you got there. Some have overcome. And if God sees fit to bring that to you, it's because He trusts you that you can handle it. Be of good cheer. He loves you. 
He's working out something in your life that you don't even know right now. And when it's over, it's going to bring about promotion in your life. He says, no temptation has overtaken you. Except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. You must realize that no matter what you're going through, God is faithful. There is temptation in your life. God allowed it. But there is a God in your life who is faithful to you. He's not saying God is just faithful. God is faithful to you to help you out of that trouble. God is faithful. Who is who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able. He gives you only what you can handle. His faithfulness to you will not allow something bigger. And if you can handle it, he's set to bless you. He says, but with every temptation. So you got his faithfulness. You got temptation in your life that is common to man, not just you. With every temptation, it makes a way of escape. That you may be able to bear under it. You can handle it. There is a way of escape. You know, God cannot lie. If you are not handling it, it's because you don't want to. I know it for myself. When I'm yielding, I know what I'm doing. At that stage, I don't want to stop it. I'm angry, I'm yelling. (laughs) I'm screaming. I know you are a pastor, you shouldn't be doing this. (laughs) But I'm not going to quit. I got to get my point across. Yes. I'll repent later. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. God is not pleased. I don't know what you gain from that, doing that. But then it takes a while to get back. And then when you think you're settled, the matter comes back again. I like this scripture about Rehoboam. And then there's another man, I believe he's Josiah. He said, Rehoboam did what was evil in the sight of God because he did not prepare his heart to follow the Lord. The other guy made up his mind to follow God regardless. So he did like his father David. So you get yourself ready. I'm not going there anymore. Once, you got, you, once you've passed that test, that presence of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And all of a sudden, the situation is changed. Because God is through with that test now. He's got to bring some other. God help us. So that's the reason God allows that. For you to know what is there. Let me read this scripture. Deuteronomy 8 verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God. Led you all the way. These 40 years. In the wilderness. So there has got to be a wilderness experience. He's taking you somewhere. To humble you. And to test you. That's a comforting thing. (laughs) You're taking me through this wilderness. I'm going through a wilderness experience. And in the wilderness you're testing me as well. That's what God is saying. To test you. Why? To know what is in your heart. He wants to know what is in your heart. But he wants you also to know what is in your heart. I believe. Whether you will keep his commandments or not. So the trial is just to see if you are faithful to the Lord. And once he says, yeah, then trials disappear. 
when they decided they would listen to God, it was time to get into their promised land, right? Time to get into the promised land. Once you decide to listen to God. That's the third thing. The fourth thing is, he wants every hindrance out of the way. Until the character of Christ is formed in us, trouble will never cease. They keep coming. They keep coming. Jesus said in uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, Everyone who loves father and mother more than me, he is not worthy of me. He wants, he wants all of you, not a part. He wants all of you. He said, everyone who will not hate brother and sister, even your own life, he says, you're not worthy. Paul is saying, I, I want every hindrance out of the way. I don't want anything to stand in the way between you and myself. Gary, good to see you this morning. He wants nothing between you and your God. Even if, so, if it is something that is not sinful, God doesn't want it. He wants it, he wants it out of the way. That's why he tested Abraham. Remember the story of Abraham? Abraham had his son, loved his son. He waited so many years, probably 25 years, to get this one son. And God said, I want you to give me that boy. I know you know the story today that he didn't kill his son. We know that, but in Abraham, when Abraham was experiencing it, he had no way of knowing. As far as he was concerned, God was taking my boy. It doesn't make sense. I mean, think about it. It, didn't make, it won't make sense to me. You gave me the boy and you want to kill him? Does this make sense, God? I say, this has got to be the devil. I mean, the devil is speaking to me these days. And I'll be cast, get behind me, Satan. That's what most of us would do. It doesn't make sense. But God did it. I want that boy. Because that, your love for that boy is standing in the way. I need to be loved above that your son. Give him to me. And Abraham demonstrated that God meant more to him than that boy. When he laid him on the altar. There are things that you need to lay on the altar. For God. It may be very painful to you. It may not be a, something that is even sinful. But God says, I want it. He's not, he's not going to take it away from you. Believe me. He gave it right back to you. He gave Isaac back to Abraham. He gave him back. And more. And then God swore in his own name. He said, I have no one higher than myself. But I'm swearing now. He said, now I know that you love me. I know that you fear me. I know if I tell you to do something, you'll do it. Because I know that was your first love. But you gave your first love to me when you put that boy on the altar. Now I know. And he says, by my sw- myself, I'm going to swear now that in blessing, I will bless you. So once that's out of the way, the blessings begin to pour in. But as long as you are still holding to that love, whatever it is, whether it's sin, whatever it is, you are taking God out of the picture. And God says, I want all of you. I want all of you. Nothing standing in the way. Nothing. You need God. 
I cry out to the Lord myself all the time. I did it this week, yesterday, whatever. I cry, I just want you, God, above everything. I know I'm not perfect. I know I've missed it many times. But I need you, God. I need you, God. I need you. You are, you are number one for me. I don't want to hurt you in any way. If I do something, if I've done something that offends you, God, please, I don't want to go there. Reveal it to me. I want to be pure to you. I, that's my heart, not to be a pastor. That's just my Christian life. Service to God. I want to serve Him. I don't want anything to be in the way. Whatever you want, God, even if it will hurt me, God, give me the grace to go along with what you want. Just let me know is that that's exactly what you want from me. If I can know, God, if I can know that's exactly what you want, I'll give it, God. I'll do it. Whatever you want. Even if it hurts. That's my heart's cry. I pray that I have the grace to do it. He wants nothing. Because what stands in the way stands and blocks the blessings of God upon your life. And your life cannot be relevant on the earth until those things are gone out of the way. He wants all of it. You know, I heard this story about uh, a guy who was uh, going to do uh, a sandwich business, uh, uh, bacon and egg sandwich business. Bacon and eggs. And uh, this chicken was, you know, giggling real happy. The chicken, the hen, you know, to provide the egg. He's real happy. And uh, the pig went, went, in front of the, went in front of the chicken and said, ah, I can see why you are so happy, you're giggling and doing all of that, because all you got to do is, is just to make a donation. It's your egg. The bacon will cost me my life. I have to die for it. And all you do is make a donation. You see, you're happy. I got to die for this. You know, that's what most Christians do for their Lord. They make conscience donations to the Lord. Not all of them. Not all of me. I have spent uh, two minutes... uh, Lord, bless me now while I sleep. God says, can't you spend just one hour with me? It's not like spending one hour will make him love you more. He just wants fellowship with you. So he can pour into your life. That's all he wants. It's like my kids coming from school, not talking to me. I like to get the hugs from them. I remember this past week, uh, you know, I decided to stay home. Usually I'll come in here and pray. But I wanted to stay home. I never see my son when he goes out, uh, Omar, when he goes out. And uh, I heard the door. I was timing. I wanted to give him a hug before he leaves. But I missed it. He was gone. We're gone, you know. And I, I, I came out of my home with my pajamas. I wanted to hug him. <laughs> and he was cold. I came out from there. I, I thought he was just out the door because I had the door. Hey, stop laughing at me. <laughs> I needed a hug. But he was so far gone, I regretted. I said, man, you should have gotten up from the bed earlier. Now he's, um, so I called, Omar. He didn't hear me. So I did, 
Oh my! He heard me say, "Yes, daddy, you want me?" I said, yeah. "I said uh, it's okay, son." Uh, but he was so far from me. I felt so bad. I went back to the room feeling bad. I just wanted a hug, you know. Usually, when they come back from school, they come in and hug me. If I'm on the computer working, they do that. It's just that relationship. That's all God wants. That's all God wants. And He misses it when we're not giving it to Him. He wants all of us. I think Mark was telling me that uh, the chicken was just being involved in the business. But the pig was committed. (laughs) I told Mark I'll use that too. (laughs) We need to commit totally to the Lord. You see, this coming uh, two weeks from now on on, uh, Saturday, we have people out there that don't know Christ. They need Jesus. Are you committed? This is what Jesus has called us for. We'll be going out to give our tracks. The Lord understands. I went to bed at 12 o'clock last night. I can't wake up. I mean, I remember, yeah, I know Pastor was talking about that. I'll go next time. And then you have another next time. We need to be committed. He wants all of us. Fifteen, and I'll close with this. We need to prove. He needs us to prove to him that we love him. Just that we love him. Just like Abraham did. He says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive a crown of life. When you endure temptation and God approves you, he allows the temptation, then he approves you. Then you receive the crown. And not the crown when you get to heaven, but it's the crown of life right here. He gives you the crown of life that he promised you. That means you will be successful in life. So we want to endure temptation. Amen? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they all went through very serious trials. Mark, please come back here. I want you to do something today. We're closing. Would you stand up with me? If you don't know Christ, and I don't believe this, hopefully there's somebody here this morning who hasn't made Christ your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you are, you've made Christ your Lord and Savior, but there is that lack of commitment to his cause. But for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I know you're going through difficult times. It's okay. But you're saying this morning, no matter what's happening in my life, I am going to commit myself to the Lord. I don't care anymore. No matter what happens. I tell you what, I'm going through some things too. I'd like you to come and join me here. You're going to make a full commitment to the Lord. No matter what's going on, I'm going to serve the Lord. I need you to come and join with me here. No matter what's going on, I need you to join me here. No matter what the trouble is, no matter what Satan is throwing at me, I'm going to stick to my God from this day on. I won't let it disturb me. I will be of good cheer. I want to serve God with everything that I have. I need you to join me here. That means I will never take offense at God, no matter what's going on in my life. I will do whatever it costs me, even if it doesn't make sense. 
I will do it. I will do it. Sometimes all we need is a step of faith. See, we can't do it except God. He has to help us. If he doesn't help me, I won't be able to do it. I've done it many times. When I know I'm in trouble, I'm behaving wrongly, (laughs) and I know God, nobody wants to see a pastor acting this way. (laughs) So I cry out to God, you got to change me. And you know what he has? He was faithful, he changed me. And I know, I stopped acting that way. None of us perfect. But I want him to walk in my life. Amen? Amen. I believe that some of you are still there. Please come. You're not coming to meet me. You're coming to meet the Lord. Put your hand in his hand. And let him calm your troubled waters. Close your eyes. Jesus thank you Jesus Pastor West uh, Pastor Andy Angela Christian please come and uh, just help me agree with these individuals all the prayer partners that are here please thank you Jesus Father thank you for your son to let you know that just because you didn't come up here doesn't mean you are not committing your life wherever you're standing there right now I need you to commit your heart totally to the Lord this is not good luck speaking this is not pastor this I believe this is what God wants and that's what the Lord is speaking to us today commit to him and to his work totally holding nothing back do something that you've never done before to prove your love for your God let him show you something that you can do that you've never done before in his name to prove your love for him would you raise your hands up this morning with me and let's pray father God in Jesus name we commit ourselves to you that you will bless us we are willing. Your word says in your day, your children will be willing. Lord, we are willing. We will be committed. We will not make from this day forward. From this day forth, Lord God, we will nev- never again make conscience donations to you. But Lord, we will give ourselves wholly to you by your grace to do what you will in our lives. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. We're dismissed.